Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. If you uh, have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to join me in the book of Romans chapter 1 verses uh, 16 and 17 the book of romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 we're starting a new series today and guys we're about to get extremely radical up in here Uh, we're going to get very radical today and uh, what i want to talk to you about is i want to really begin to teach on and and show you the contrast and the distinction between performing under the works of the law and living by faith. You see that the, the, one of the big misconceptions or misunderstandings today is, is uh, once a person gets an understanding of grace, once you begin to understand that, the, that, that Jesus already finished everything, that Jesus already purchased your, your righteousness, he has already purchased everything uh, that you need, and, and, and you begin to understand grace, well, one of the big misunderstandings that oftentimes comes is that people think that now that we're under grace, there's really nothing left for us to do. <laughs> you see, now that's a big, big misunderstanding. You see, one of the most important truths for us to to grasp is actually how do we live in the balance of grace and faith? How do we properly balance grace and faith? And so what you want to understand is that, that in this new covenant, God has a part and we have a part. Everybody say this out loud. Say, God has a part. And I'll say, I have a part. You see, there's still something for us to do. There's a part that God plays, and there's a part that we play. Now watch this, guys. God's part is grace. Our part is faith. God's part is grace. Our part is faith. And so we got to understand how to live in this balance of grace and faith. I want you to, to know, guys, that the gospel of grace is not a replacement for the word of faith. You see, it's, it's, it's really understanding uh, the, the balance between these two. When we don't understand the distinction between works of the law and things that we do as a result of living by faith or, or works of faith, we may mistakenly think that things that are ours to do are works of the flesh. In other words, here's, here's what I mean. I'll give you an example. Guy may think, well... Well, praise God, Alex, now that I'm under grace, I don't have to confess the word anymore, you see. And so you think that confessions of faith uh, is, is, is no longer needed. And, and you think now if you're confessing the word, you think that that's operating in the flesh. You think that's works of the flesh. You see, an incorrect understanding of confessions of faith and of prayer could lead to a person actually performing under the works of the law, even though that person is a faith person. And so what you will find as we embark on this series is is that oftentimes we can do the right things. In other words, a person may be confessing the word, a person may be doing all the right things, but you may be doing these from w- with a wrong motivation. You see, let me give you the definition as we start off here of works of the law and works of faith. 
works of the law is you performing to try to get God to move in your life. And so in other words, if you are confessing the word of God over your life and you believe that you are getting God to move with your faith, well, guys, that is performing under the law. You see, so you're doing the right thing, you're confessing the word, but you're doing it with the wrong motivation. Now, what are works of faith? Works of faith are simply things that we do as a result of our believing in the finished works of Jesus Christ. You see, and so, and so I'm calling this teaching today, I want to call this teaching works of faith versus works of the law works of faith versus works of the law, or you could also call it works of the law versus living by faith. But I want you to understand that, that, that living by faith still requires us to do certain things. Because remember, God has a part and we have a part. Amen. Now, God has already done his part perfectly. Let's, let's uh, be very clear on that. You see, God has already done his part perfectly. God's part is grace. And so as a result of the finished works of Jesus Christ, I want you to understand that everything that pertains to your life and godliness has already been made available to you. You see, and so because everything's already been made available to you, you are never working to try to get God to move. No, what you are doing is as you learn to live this life of faith, what you're doing is you are positioning yourself to line up with what God has already done. You see, God's done his part perfectly, yet when we fail to do our part, which is to receive by faith what grace has already done, to receive by faith what Jesus has already finished, when we fail to do that, well, what happens is we can actually block the manifestation of the finished works of Jesus from, from showing up in our lives. Are you guys following me? And so, and so we want to really now see, well, what do we do? How do we live this life of grace and faith? What do we do as, as we uh, want to live lives of being available to, to what Jesus has already done? And, and guys, I've told you before that the truth is always found in the proper balance of things. You see, any time that you take anything to the extreme, it, it, it will usually lead to error. You see, grace taken to the extreme can lead to, to being passive. You see, a, a person who takes grace to the extreme, well, that's a person who says, well, Alex, we don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> you see, we don't really have to believe anymore. We can just chill out. It's already done. You see, well, that's, that's extreme. That's error. Now, however, if you take faith to the extreme, well, faith taken to the extreme can lead to legalism. Faith taken to the extreme can lead to you being in bondage to the works of the law. Uh, faith taken to the extreme can lead to you actually cutting yourself off from what Jesus has already purchased for you. You see, and so the, 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 the truth and the victory is found in, in the balance of grace and faith. Amen. And so that's what, uh, what this series is, is going to be about. And I, I really believe it is going to uh, bless you because, guys, you see, we really want to 
We want to really live lives of, 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 of seeing the blessings manifesting in our lives. You see, guys, uh, I want you to understand, praise God. You see, uh, uh, Jesus has already purchased your healing, your deliverance, your prosperity, everything that you will ever need. But you see, it is time for us, guys, to begin to live in the manifestation of, of the blessing. It is time for us to begin to see the finished works of Jesus Christ showing up in all of the different areas of our lives. Somebody say, it's manifestation time. It's manifestation time. It's manifestation time. Praise God. And so, and so we want to look at this now today. And so let's get started here this morning in the, uh, in, in, in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verses uh, 16 through 17. I want to look at this in the King James Version, and then I want to also look at it in the New Living Translation, and I believe it's going to bless you. Now, uh, look at this here, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says in verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And so let's break down what he's saying here. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And so let's break down this word gospel here for a moment. You see, the word gospel, when Paul used this word, this word really means, it means good news, but really what it means is, is nearly too good to be true news. You see, the word gospel was, uh, at the time Paul was using this, it was a word that was very rarely used because <laughs> there wasn't really all that much good news to, 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 to begin with, you see. And, and so when somebody said said gospel, what he was saying was nearly too good to be, be true news. It also means news that brings great joy. A gospel is really, that, that word really means it is a announcement of something that has already happened. It's an announcement of a victory that has already been won. And so Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this almost too good to be true news, this announcement of victory, this declaration of what already has been done. And he says, it's the gospel of Christ. Now watch this. He says, this gospel of Christ is the power of God. This, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And so he's saying it's available to anyone. It's not only available to Jewish people, it's available ultimately to the whole world. But what Paul is saying, guys, is he's saying that the power of God is in this gospel. Glory to God. The power of God is in this gospel. You see, today, a lot of people like to be religious and they like to use the word gospel. You know, they throw around the word gospel and, you know, what they're really preaching might not really be the gospel. Uh, but, you know, they, they like to use that word. We've kind of religionized a lot of this stuff, guys. But Paul is saying that this nearly too good to be true news of Christ, he says, it is the power. He says, it is the power of God, and watch this, he says, it is the power of God working unto a specific purpose. He says, it's the power of God unto salvation. And so, let's break down this word salvation. You see, religion oftentimes likes to reduce salvation to merely going to heaven. You see, salvation, religion will teach people is, is kind of like your fire insurance. You know, it's your, it's your, it's, you know, you, you miss hell. You know, that, that's what salvation is. Uh, but guys, just like this, this word gospel has been religionized and it's kind of lost its, its true uh, 
a value in, in many cases in the same way uh, people have religionized the word salvation and they have erroneously taught people that salvation is merely about going to heaven. Guys, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about going to heaven. You see, you see, going to heaven is a done deal. You see, you, you, you make Jesus the Lord of your life, that's it, you're on your way to heaven. You see, it has absolutely nothing to do with what you do. But I want you to understand that salvation that comes from the, from the root word zozo, now that Greek word means healing, it means deliverance, it means prosperity, it means you being brought to a place of safety, you see? And so what he's saying is that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. In other words, it's the power of God unto healing. It's the power of God unto prosperity. It is the power of God unto deliverance. It is the power of God unto soundness, you see? It's the power of God unto you working and, and, and living in your divine calling that God has for your life. And so all of that is contained in the gospel. And watch that. He says it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And so right there, guys, you see, there's a, there's a part that we play. And he says our part is is to believe <laughs> you see our role is to believe now look at verse 17 in verse 17 he says for therein in this gospel is the righteousness of god revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith the just shall live by faith. Now, who are the just? The just are those who have been declared righteous, those who have been declared righteous as a result of having received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so if you are in Christ, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, you are the just. You, say, you see, if that's you, say, I am the just. And now what he says here is the just, they have a certain way of living. He says the just shall live by faith. And so we want to understand what does this mean to live by faith. Look at these verses in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Glory to God. He says, It is the power of God at work. It's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. Again, you can substitute, uh, for saving here, you can substitute healing. It's the power of God healing everyone who believes. It's the power of God delivering everyone who believes. Glory to God. It's the power of God prospering those who believe. You see, guys, how many believers do I have here? Say, I'm, I'm a believer. Amen. He says to the Jew first, also to the Gentile. Look at verse 17. He says in verse 17, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now watch this, guys. He says, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Did you catch that? He said, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. God's part is grace, our part is faith. He says the way that a person is made right with God is purely by faith. It has nothing to do with your performance. It has nothing to do with you trying to keep the law of Moses. No, it has everything to do with you releasing your faith in what Jesus has already done for you. You see, I, I want you to understand no matter who you are, no matter where you're watching me from, no matter what your background looks like, no matter, glory to God, what you have been into, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've received Jesus, glory to God, you are right with God. I want you to understand that. You see, 
He says it's accomplished from start to finish by faith. Now look at Galatians chapter 1, verses uh, 6 through 7. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. I want to lay a strong foundation here, guys, as I always like to do. And, uh, and we'll really delve into this today. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. I also want to look at this in the King James and in the Amplified Bible. Now, uh, he says here in Galatians 1, 6, again, this is Paul writing to the Galatians, and he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Notice the grace of Christ onto another gospel. And so what I want to do is I really want to show you, I, like I said, I, I don't want you to just hear the word gospel and, and kind of filter that through your religious upbringing. No, I want you to really understand the significance of this word gospel. What is the gospel? And Paul is saying here, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And, and, and notice what he says. Notice, notice the sentence structure here. What Paul is saying here is that the grace of Christ is the gospel, you see. The grace of Christ is the gospel. Sometimes people say, well, Brother Alex, he preaches the gospel of grace. Guys, I want you to understand that the gospel of grace is the gospel. There's not the gospel of grace and another gospel. There's no such thing. The gospel of grace is the gospel. Guys, I want you to understand there's no such thing as a gospel of prosperity. There's only the gospel of grace and glory to God. Prosperity has been made available as a result of the grace of God. There's no such thing as a gospel of healing. Uh, there's only the gospel of grace, and praise God, healing has been made available as a result of uh, the grace of God. You see, the gospel of grace is the gospel. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. He says, which is not another. And so Paul is saying there's no other gospel other than this gospel about the grace of Christ. He says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. And so Paul was talking to these Galatians, which were being tempted by certain people who were trying to lead them away from this, this good news of Christ. This, the, 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 these people were trying to get these Galatians to think that believing in Jesus is not enough. You see, you, you still got to keep the law. You still got to get circumcised. Just There's still some, some other things that you got to do. What Paul is saying, there's no such, that's not the gospel. You see, look at, look at this in the Amplified. Galatians 1.6, Amplified, he says in verse 6, he says, I am surprised and astonished that you are so quickly turning renegade and deserting him who invited and called you by the grace, now look how he defines grace, the unmerited favor of Christ. And so how do we define grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of Christ. Grace is God being good to you, not because you earned it or deserved it. Glory to God. It is God being good to you because God is good. And so he says, who invited you and called you by the grace, the unmerited favor of Christ, and that you are transferring your allegiance to a different, even an opposition gospel. Look at verse 7. He says, not that there is or could be any other genuine gospel. 
And so the only gospel there is, is the gospel of the unmerited favor of Christ. He says, but there are obviously some who are troubling and disturbing and bewildering you with a different kind of teaching, which they offer as a gospel. I love it, guys. And they want to pervert and distort the gospel of Christ, the Messiah, into something which it is absolutely not. Guys, that's exactly what is happening in our day today as well. You see, Paul continuously had to deal with people who were who were teaching and, and, and trying to sell people on this idea, well, believing in Jesus is not enough. There's still something you got to do. Well, Paul was always uh, dealing with that, and he was always uh, countering those false teachings. And guys, we see the exact same thing happening in the body of Christ today. You see, how many people are there, guys, who are getting in the pulpit every Sunday and they say, well, believing in Jesus is not enough. There's still something you got to do. You see, if you want to be okay with God, you got to clean up your life. You see, if you want to be okay with God, you got to make sure you pray for an hour every day. If you want to see the blessing of God showing up in your life, you got you to do all these 10 things right here. Well, guys, that is error. You see, any time that a person says we have to work to get blessed, they're preaching a different gospel. Anytime someone says we have to work to be righteous, they're preaching a different gospel. Anytime a person says that how God deals with us has more to do with how we are behaving rather than with what Jesus has done for us on the cross, they're preaching a different gospel. I want you to understand, as a result of what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, the way God sees you is righteous. The way God sees you is holy. The way God sees you is blameless and perfect because He does not see you in yourself. Glory to God, He sees you in Christ. And what he sees in you is Christ in you. What he sees in you is healing in you, deliverance in you, prosperity in you, joy in you, wholeness in you. You see, this, guys, is the gospel that we are to preach. Now, now as I said, God has a part to play in this, and, and, and we have a part to play in this. And, and, and we want to look at now how does this balance out? How does this, how does this go together? Amen? Turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Now, now God's part is, is grace. And guys, as we said, God has already perfectly finished his part. Uh, when Jesus said 2,000 years ago, it is finished. Well, what he was saying was, it is finished. And so, and so, I want you to see the radical truth that as far as heaven is concerned, guys, you see, here's what it is. Thank you, Lord. The church has gotten stuck in many cases in this, in this pattern of the law of Moses. The law of Moses was you had to do to get God to do. And if you didn't do, God wouldn't do. That's the law. Whereas now under grace, God, through Jesus, has already done everything that he was, was going to do, <laughs> is he? No, no, now here's the issue. There's a lot of believers who are still operating from this perspective of, I got to try to get God to do. I got to try to get God to move in my life. Now, and if you are a faith person, chances are, that what you believe is that it's your faith that's going to get God to do. Now, we got to be careful here, guys. You see, because if we don't really understand, if we don't fully understand faith in light of grace, 
as I said earlier, you may be doing all the right things. You may be confessing the word. You may be meditating the promises in scripture. You may be praying the Holy Ghost. But you see, your, your motivation may be wrong. You see, if, if, if you think it's about you trying to get God to move, well, you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it from, a, from an old covenant perspective. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubit. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue growing in our understanding of God's grace. Now to learn more about our ministry and to download the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, simply head to graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.